News from the Krabby Coffee Shop is brought to us by AimHighConstructionMN.com and by the Minnesota Motorheads Car Club on Facebook. Welcome to News from the Krabby Coffee Shop with your host, Don McLean, from Jason and Alexis in the Morning on My Talk 1071, Garage Logic's newsman, Mr. FYI, John Height, and the crabbiest guy in the coffee shop, Kenny Olson. Get your coffee. Get out of my face. Uh, we're going to hit the ground running here. Uh, and first off, it's, I have a story for us all. And it starts out, residents of Alaska's largest city often contend with bears and moose, but state officials are warning of another wild animal that's been causing problems, the lovely river otter. The Alaska Department of Fish and Game says river otters have attacked people and pets in some of the city's most popular outdoor areas. Uh, Officials are asking people to be extra careful when they're around these lovable, huggable river (laughs) otters uh, in the creeks, uh, excuse me, cricks, uh, rivers, and lakes around the city. Earlier this month, a nine-year-old boy was taken to an emergency room for a rabies shot after being bitten several times near a duck pond. This week, another woman was bitten, rescuing her dog from a sim a similar 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 group similar I can't say simulation a uh, group of river otters at University Lake. By the way, uh, it says Alaska's largest city, but I don't know where this is. It Fairbanks. Could be. Uh, and another dog was uh, bitten in, the, in a different area on the same lake. Uh, river otter attacks do happen but are not considered commonplace, Fish and Game said. It's not known if the attacks came from the same group of otters, which can uh, have a huge range. Because, and I'll read between the lines here. I, I think, uh, John, you growing up in the you know the semi-country of one of the Dakotas and <laughs> yeah, Don growing up on a farm in Missouri, yeah. I, I think uh, you know what uh, this means. Because of the risk to public safety, efforts will be made to locate this group of river otters and remove them. Okay. <laughs> Which means we're going to trap them yeah. and kill them. Yeah. Remove them. A why? lot of people... Go ahead, Don. No, why, why do they have to kill them? Uh, well, it's... Well, stay away from them. I... I couldn't agree more, actually. <laughs> but that seems to be the policy. Even with bears, when they wander into the metro, uh, and it's not the fault of the bears so much as it's the people who won't stay away from them. Right. You know, there's a bear. Let me get a selfie. Oh, kids, look, here's a bear. Let's walk up to it. Like it's a Holstein or something. Come yeah, on. These things are dangerous. Uh, and river otters, as lovable as they are, and they're fun to watch, and they slide down the hill in the snow, and they swim around on their back in the ponds and potholes. They're really hungry, dangerous animals, and one should not really? approach river. And they're actually pretty big. Uh, I, I mean, um, 50 pounds or more. So they're big monsters, webbed feet. They can swim really fast underwater, hold their breath for a long time. Uh, they've been known to sneak up under ducks and just pull the whole thing under. <laughs> wow. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I shouldn't laugh about that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, this doesn't just occur in Alaska. We have river otters and otters in this state. And I've seen a bunch. And if you're a trapper in this state, um, a fur bearer, tra- a trapper, uh, you get two river or you get two otter tags, and you're allowed to trap two of them. And they're one of the few animals that you can actually make money from. 
from trapping. So, do you sell I pelts? What? How does that yes. work? How do you, yeah, yeah, oh, and you okay. sell their pelts, and it's used for clothing, <laughs> uh, lining clothing, lining gloves, lining hats, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Interesting. Um, but this is uh, just uh, another water story well, that I wanted to introduce to uh, the proceedings. But this is nothing like the story that John has. I I have a similar story. Yes, Kenny. Uh, this similar. one coming similar. Similar. Simulation. Similar. This one. <laughs> this one coming from Massachusetts, the Greenfield area in Franklin County of Massachusetts. A local man may soon find his story in a wilderness and environmental medical journal after surviving a gruesome attack from a presumably rabid beaver while swimming in a pond two weeks ago. No, don't swim in ponds. He is 73-year-old. 73-year-old fellow just jumping into the pond. 73. Yep. Mark Prez. Was he new? Piracini. Oh, just wait, Don. It gets oh, really no. good. This oh, gets God. really good. He, uh, <laughs> he nearly drowned and required stitches after repeatedly fighting off the semi-aquatic rodent as he made his way back to shore. It left him with lacerations from head to toe, chunks of flesh torn from his arms and legs. Oh, my God. A, a fractured finger on his right hand and a lacerated tendon on his left index finger. He said, I still can't feel my thumb. Oh. He, suffered, he suffered significant blood loss. Uh, Benjamin Woodward, who, who treated Piracini at Bay State Franklin Medical Center, uh, said it was pretty wild. I've seen a lot of animal bites, but I've never seen a beaver attack. Piracini's wounds had to be thoroughly cleaned. Some were stitched up. Others were left open to avoid infection. He had to get five rounds of shots to ward <laughs> off rabies. With those big, long, foot-long rabies needles right oh. into the belly, right? No. Do they <laughs> still oh, my do gosh. That? I don't oh. know. What? How I don't do know. you guys know about this? What are you talking about? <laughs> do they still do it? Uh, you know, that's the what they told me when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. That, that's how they convinced me as a kid to stay away from rabid uh, animals. Beavers. They told me you're going to have to get a shot, and they're foot-long needles, and they do it right into your belly. Yeah, that, that's what I always heard too growing up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. this is <laughs> oh, really makes bad. Me hurt. I wish you wouldn't do First that. First problem: <laughs> don't ever swim in a pond. Am I oh. right about that? Oh, oh, yeah. Just jump ahead to the part well, about swimming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, Piercini, by the way, the fella, uh, he, you know, he's, he's not all shooken up by this. He says this isn't a story about a crazy beaver. This is a story about the natural world. This is a story about human beings being part of it, not different from it, and not apart from it. Our presence degrades it, unfortunately, because we don't pay attention to our effect on it. He says he enjoys taking a morning bicycle ride to a secluded spot in the woods to bask in nature's beauty. He declined to discuss the location because he doesn't want people going out to the oh, area and disrupting really? the wildlife. I can't wait to get out there. In the area. <laughs> but listen He's, to this. He said he likes to swim in a small grassy island about 50 yards from shore so he can take in the natural undisturbed beauty and listen to the wind blow. He said the spot has been near and dear to his heart for 50 what? years. So, okay, Dawn, what you said, I, I really want to talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, but first of all, before we get to that, what do you, let's read between the lines. What's he doing here? Out in this island, grassy island, all alone. 
What do you suppose is going on? Well, there? he he said he was meditating, oh, Kenny. He said well, he meditated medit- first <laughs> and then watched what, the ducks. That's what mm-hmm. some people call it. <laughs> uh, is he married? I don't know. <laughs> that's I not, need to know uh, other information about his lifestyle. That's not. Uh, that's it doesn't not matter. So he rides out on his bike to this undisclosed location in the woods where he can listen to the wind, get nude, Uh and get in the pond maybe after he plays solitaire. Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, or maybe he uses the island. Maybe it's called Solitaire Island. Oh, my God. (laughs) Solitaire Island. God. But let's pretend nobody wants your travel agent to book you to. (laughs) Except for this guy. (laughs) One way trip. Okay, Don, let's. I want to get to your point because you said it right away, and it's the first thing I thought of when I read this. It wasn't the beaver attacking. That makes sense. Um, it's the swimming in the ponds, and we see this in, on TV and in the movies all the time. The beaver in the pond should be the least of your worries. Leeches, <laughs> diseases, things that will crawl up your – any kind of – Hole that's on your body. Who are these people that swim in potholes? They're gross. That's it's ab- disgusting. <laughs> I don't know what kind of ponds they have in Massachusetts, but oh, oh. the worst are the ones that have that green scum all over the top of it. Oh, I was just in one last weekend for duck hunting, and oh. it, when you fall accidentally fall in, your waders fill up. <gasps> you go back home. And the first thing you do is take off all your clothes outside and you take a shower to wash off all the microbes and the creepy oh. crawlies that crawl into your ear and your nose and oh. other other sensible That's <laughs> right. sensitive areas. Those microscopic little water creatures that are going to get inside of you and then grow babies and then you've got a whole bunch of problems. I, I, you know, and I see people um, water skiing in lakes that I consider really, really gross, yeah. and they just—they've got to be just rubes, right? They're people from the city, uh, the city <laughs> that just don't know any better. Oh, you call them sidiots this morning? Yeah, yeah, sidiots. That's what I call them. <laughs> um, have you, Don? Have you ever been in? A, have you been in a Minnesota lake yet? No, not a. Oh, yes, I did. Um, I went on a pontoon with Jason at his cabin. Did you jump in? No way. I'm not getting in. I can barely get on the boat. Yeah, no, by when I say on a lake, I mean in the water. No, no. Yeah. Absolutely Uh, not. There's a couple of beaches in the South Minneapolis, Lake Hiawatha being one of them. I think Lake Minnetonka also included that every year, (laughs) right around uh, the end of June and July, they shut these beaches down and tell people to stay out of the water because they have a fancy name for it, but I'm going to tell you what it is. What is it's it? It's poop. It's poop in the yeah. water. Yeah. Why? They sh- because there's too much poop in the water. But where does and the it- poop come from? <laughs> well, us. You I mean guess. people get in the lake and poop? <laughs> I don't know. No, surely. John, back me up. I, yeah, that's the, John the story I read. Yeah. Every year I read this story, and, and that's it's what it safe. is. It's, they don't say the poop in the water, but they might as well. So. so the next time one of your friends say, oh, let's go down to Bidet Makaska or Harriet or <laughs> Nokomis or Hiawatha to go swimming, just think of feces in your hair. Oh, my <laughs> oh, God. God. Well, Yikes. 
I just still don't know where. Is it, is it coming in to, uh, through some type of sewer problem that the city has? I don't no idea. So. There's no um, way that yeah. enough people are going to get in the lake and poop that it would infect the whole <laughs> lake. It's a big lake. What about geese? I mean, the thing is oh, loaded no. with geese. There you go. Not yeah. just human. Yeah. See, I just went to human poop. Dogs, ducks, river otters, beaver, all of it. <sighs> do you do any uh, lake swimming or pond swimming in dirty old Missouri? No, but one time. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a story for you. Um, my friend down the street, um, she had two ATVs, yeah. and we used to have a lot of fun going around on those four-wheelers, you right. know, in the cow field, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then we rounded the corner, and I wasn't really as good on the ATV as she was. And there's a pond there, and I drove the ATV into the pond, <laughs> which didn't it didn't come back from that. It, I mean, it needed. They just had to buy a new one, and I felt really terrible. My parents, you know, didn't have a lot of money to help pay for it. It was like, you know, back then in 1987, it was probably like three grand or something. Right. But, yeah. Very you know, expensive. Uh, they could afford it, and they just thought it was funny. You know, they were laughing at me because um, it was the uh, green pond, a pond that yeah. has all that green scum. I yeah. was scarred. Yeah. We used to catch frogs down there, but I didn't even want to be around the water. Just <laughs> so creepy. And even when I'm driving, like just looking over, and, and I look and see one of those things, and I just I get chills up and down my back. It's like, <laughs> what is underneath there lurking? Oh, you drive by a really skanky lake. Um, it's uh, off of ni- no, it's on the south side of 94 by <laughs> Highway 120, uh, across the freeway from that Harley Davidson and Indian. Oh dealer. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's, I can't remember. The, oh, I've got a map right here. I you, can look you it up. You should know. Um, I always look at people out on the ice out there whenever it freezes over, thinking, "What are you doing? Are you crazy?" Well, the, the ice is one thing, uh, but being out there, it's called. Battle Creek Lake. Mm. That that's the one on the south side, and the one on the north side is Tanner's Lake. Uh, but being on you know safe ice, well they say ice is never safe, but they just say that to scare the crap out of you. Um, you can be out on the ice. That's not a big deal. Um, no, you <laughs> so can't. So wait a minute. So wait a minute. I've you not. haven't. Really? No way. Oh, you're coming up this winter. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you are coming up. How much cash do you have? No, you'll oh, we can love trade it. something. It's fine. You'll, you'll we'll love think it. of something. I'm getting you out in the fish house. Uh, and I'm going to put you in my redneck fish house, not the nice one. Oh, you, I have video oh. of that. I showed my whole family back home because this is kind of foreign to Missouri people. It doesn't. People don't ice fish in Missouri. I don't think it gets cold enough to have thick enough ice. You just don't right. see it. So that was something really, really bizarre to me up here. Yeah. So and I showed my family at Christmas time the video of you with that. I don't know. It was just the interior of it. And my brother-in-law, who's a real redneck, he was 
really excited about it. He goes, look, he doesn't have, look, it's very rustic. And I'm like, yeah, he doesn't mess around. He's like, he doesn't have a heater in there or, you know, some of those ice houses that you see at the fair that you can buy that are custom trailers. We all have heaters, but no, this thing is the opposite of fancy. It was homemade by a buddy of mine, you know, 30 years ago. And uh, it's a real jalopy. When I trailer it, I don't go above 30 miles per hour. And the lake I go to is about two miles away. Uh, and, yeah, it's a real eyesore. Oh, my gosh. It, <laughs> real it's, eyesore. It's, and then you showed me a video of you, like, gigging fish, like, just spearing fish. Oh, something? yeah, in, in my spear house, yeah. Is that a separate yeah. thing? Yeah, that's a different house. Is smaller. it right next to the, the trashy no. little outhouse thing? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, the the big house, which is small, is out in about 20 to 30 feet of water. Uh, the spearing house is about five to seven feet of water, and you oh cut my God. a so big you mean wide hole. The 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 little outhouse is in that's thirty feet deep. Yeah, under the ice. Yeah, <gasps> yeah. Now she's never coming out now. Oh my God! No, and then you can hear it cracking. Didn't you say that? Dawn, there's times when you're sitting in your house and it's all quiet, and especially when it's really, really cold. The ice cracks a lot. It's it's expanding. But what's really fun is when one of the cracks happens right through one of the holes you've drilled, <laughs> and the whole house shakes and water starts rising. No, 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 no. Are you kidding me? Yes. What, what yes. do you do? Do you get out and move it over a little bit and drill a new hole that's better? No, no you open up another beer and you go, huh. <laughs> God. Fun. Oh my gosh! Oh. And, and for our first trip out on the ice, uh, the first thing I'm going to teach you is once we get onto the ice with the truck, uh, you're going to have the window rolled down and the door unlocked, and maybe even the door open. So when we go through, you can get out quickly <laughs> and not go down with the truck. Oh my God! Yeah, all of us that drive early ice always have our windows open or our door open. Here is a way to prevent all of that. Don't drive out early. What is this early ice stuff? Well, it's it depends on how heavy your vehicle is. In my case, I have to wait till it's over 12 inches. You know, so what what you do is you park on shore, you check the ice there, and it's it's okay. And and eventually you get you know you drill maybe six holes on your way out, and you know, and the ice is fine. What's alarming, though, Dawn, is where it was 14 inches um, when you were driving out and you set up your house and you discover it's only 10 inches. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know why you're laughing. This is Well, I'm laughing because we're so stupid. Yeah. And then I realized I learned from uh, another pro- producer here at um, Hubbard named Grant that yeah. – um, there are no rules about, like, nobody says, like, okay, now it's time where you can go out. Like, the DNR doesn't go, no. now's the date that you can go ice no. fish. He goes, no. no. I'm like, what are you talking about? They no, have so to monitor this and then tell you when you can go. <laughs> no, no, nobody no, no. does? No, no, Don. That's the worst thing that could possibly happen. Why? Uh, because ice freezes uh, differently all over the state, and oh, every lake no. is okay. different. Oh, I see. Well, and then every year, too, right? Pu- I mean... 
They yeah. need to yeah. go to the top ones and then the middle part of the state, <laughs> and then they need to obviously what will happen no. is the top no. part of the state will freeze first, and so you have a date where those people can go, <laughs> and then two weeks later, I mean, what are you going to do, miss oh. out on the good fish? Uh, well, yeah, you can't miss out on the good fishing. Here's how it starts. You get yourself two, three inches of ice, and you walk out, and you either sit on a bucket or you put up your portable. A portable is basically uh, a tent with a plastic floor, and you sit in that. And sometimes, you know, the ice is just a few inches thick. And then it gets up to around four, five, six inches, and then you're driving your four-wheeler, your ATV out. Uh, and then up to eight inches, and you're driving small cars, small trucks out. And then yeah. once it gets up to 12, 14 inches, hell, I'm out there with my big truck. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That same producer, his name is Grant, he told me yeah. a story about how um, his dad told him. He went with his buddy out fishing, and it was like whenever in the spring when it was getting ready to thaw. Yeah. And it was going to be dangerous. And he was like, ah, oh, we're going to go anyway. And he got out there, and they were terrified because the lake, you couldn't, he had to call his dad to come and drive the truck off the lake. Because yeah. it started, yeah. it was melting behind it, them, and they yeah. had to go across the lake, and yeah. the water was above the ice, so it yeah. just looked like black yeah. lake, yeah. and they couldn't see Oof. anything, and his dad was so mad at him, because yeah. he was just, they were all just sweating it. I'm yeah. like, this is the worst story I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> this is I a, can't uh, believe it. This is a very common occurrence. It oh happens my all God. over the it's Midwest. Uh, on, on the other uh, podcast, you and I are on, Kenny, right now. Dawn would be getting yelled at with a lot of, we don't need more government regulations to tell us what to do. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. I want a yeah. controlled <laughs> environment. The neighbors like would be going nuts right now. Oh, God. Thank God he's not Dawn. here. No. 10,000 lakes. We're not going to check each one. You're on your own, dummies. That's why, that's why they always say ice is never safe, even when it is safe. So whenever somebody does, whenever, let's say your car, goes under what are your chances of surviving that well if you've got the window open and the door (laughs) open you can get out you're going to get a little wet maybe a little chilly uh but the thing is you get a big fine because and to drag your car your vehicle off from the bottom is very expensive. That's the least of my concerns right now. I need to know about... <laughs> no, like, Don, that's the main concern. How fast does it start sinking? These are the details I think about. Like, yes. is it is it quick? Yeah, fast enough to where you're not going to be making phone calls. Well, right, but, like, can you get out onto the ice, or do you, are you submerged in the water and you have to pull yourself up out of the hole? It depends. Um, you might have to pull yourself up. Well, that wouldn't and, happen with me. I don't have enough upper body strength. Well, they make devices that you can strap to your wrist that are basically uh, sharp objects that you can stab into the ice and pull yourself up. Oh, like a superhero kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It sounds like John doesn't do this, so now I'm best friends no, with I John. No, I don't. Oh, God. I, I do not. John. You are, you are definitely coming up this winter. We are going fishing. It's going to be, uh, yeah, I mean, there needs to be a reason for it. There has to be some kind of, like, video that we can use for the show to get at least some YouTube hits. Um, also, some type of an exchange of uh, pickles or something that you do. I don't know what it is. You pickle pickles. I haven't opened those pickles yet, by the way. Oh, oh, by the way, there might be an issue with the first batch. I think we did oh. it wrong. They might be soft. They'll taste perfect, but they won't be crunchy. 
Uh, and if that's the case, we're just going to, I'll take them back. I'll take them back and I'll make sure I, I give you a crunchy version. Uh, okay, this is the first you time make thing. sure your pickles are hard and not soft. Great. <laughs> I'll take the hard pickles. John, she's way worse than me. I'm telling <laughs> you. Well, well I mean, come on. You, you just let me walk right into that one. That was easy. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, the real purpose, and I was actually, John, I was in a good mood this morning because uh, for the rest of the show, you and I are going to analyze Dawn McLean. What? I don't know. Oh, okay. And talk about how messed up she is. Um, <laughs> Dawn, explain to John and me again about your ghost hunting adventure at the Lexington. Okay. All right, so the Lexington in St. Paul, of course, it's on Grand and Lexington. It's been there since the family owned it, uh, 1935, so it has a lot of history. Um, they first bought the building, and then it wasn't big enough for them, so they actually bought the drugstore next door, and above it was apartments. So this building has other history other than just being a restaurant. Um, so, you know, we are there all night. Um, there's a lot. Back up a second. There's been stories about the Lexington being haunted, right? Oh, and yeah. that that's why you were called in. Yeah, this is the third time we've been there. They trust okay. us. You know, we yeah. all have background checks so they can leave us alone in there and, you know. Right, right. Um, but we um, got out all of our equipment. We just uh, go through the rooms, really. We don't have that much time, only about five hours. So we choose the rooms where we know things happen. Like um, there's a ballroom where upstairs we'll, we'll be doing an event where um, you can buy tickets to. It's not up yet, but it'll be the 29th and 30th of October if you want to come see our event. And we'll we'll show all of our evidence. It's kind of a fun Halloween night type thing. Um, but anyway, uh, so there's a ballroom where, you know, people, the security, not the security, uh, the cleaning crew, they went through about three different cleaning crews in a short period of time because they just would get so creeped out about things happening to them. Um, things just like the, the radio would start playing like 1930s music. Um, what about uh, images in the mirror, I seem to remember? Oh, yeah. The bar mirror? Uh -huh. Okay, so downstairs, uh, this was owned by, uh, I think it's McLean, um, but it's, it's spelled McLean, and I am a McLean. So a lot of us, there's different spellings of that last name. So that family owned it, and um, the lady McLean, she had a certain place that she would sit in the restaurant. And, you know, there's usually some activity around that place. It's in the room that has the Lexington bar. Like, so if it, you go yeah. in right away and you go to the right, you'll see it in there. Uh, during renovation for the last owners that, that got the place up and running, a lot of people were just, it's so funny because a lot of people were just coming in and out of the building, like, because it's a part of the neighborhood. And so they're like, they feel right. like it's theirs. Yeah, you know, They absolutely. just walk in and they go, hey, how are you doing? And she's like, oh, hi, hey, who are you? Yep. You so, just described me. That's yeah, exactly how like I. People that's would come in and check too. it out. Yeah. Joe Sushi. I love thing. that. I really yeah. do. Because that's like, you know, that's small town stuff that's still yep. hanging yep. out in St. Paul. So anyway, the neighborhood people would come and she was used to people coming in. Then, yeah. so she looked up in the mirror one day, um, and this is the former manager, and in the mirror, we're all right now where all of the liquor is stacked, yeah. um, she saw a woman dressed in, you know, 
what looked to be like 1930s or 40s clothing, very nice red suit with a hat, um, looked like she was doing, would have been involved in some t- type of political, you know, thing going on at the sure. time. Sure. Because there were a lot of political conversations that went on down there at the Lexington back in the day because it's near the Capitol. Right. So, right. Um, so anyway, she it was as plain as a day, like not a ghostly figure. This woman was there, and she just stood there, and it was a reflection in the – she could see through the doorway, this woman standing there, and she goes, can I help you? Do you want to take a tour? And she turned around, and there was no one there. Hmm. Yeah. And then she looked at pictures of the former owner, said it looked a lot like like her. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's just one story. And then there's the downstairs. There's the place where nobody gets to go except people like us and the cooks. Yeah. Um, so uh, there is a room that has a lot of the artwork in it, and it is the old Beans. artwork. Is it being stored or is mm-hmm. it hung up? No, it's stored. And okay. There's All plates right. in there. It's a pretty small room. It's filled with, you know, old dishes and things like that. They right. still use it. It has a very old wooden door from the beginning of the restaurant, like 1935. Cool. Wow. It's so nice. cool. Yeah. So uh, we know that that is very haunted in there. Um, so we were in there doing uh, something called the Estes Method, which is involves a spirit box. And a spirit box is a radio frequency scanner. So it scans radio stations really fast, like... Right. Like that sure. fast. Yeah. So yeah. what we do is we put on headphones. You can't hear what the other people are saying or asking, and we blindfold ourselves. So the person that's receiving the information does not hear the questions. So um, I wasn't the one that went under this time, um, but it started mean? saying things about me. What do you mean under, when under? You know, you're under. You're, you've got the headphones on. You're listening for words because it okay. will speak through All this. Right. It'll speak through the frequency. Like it'll take the, the whatever the radio frequency is and say full sentences. It'll say our names. It'll say oh. words. And then the person oh. with the headphones on just says what they hear. Like they'll say, go okay. away, or they'll say, I don't know. But the deal is, is that they don't know we've asked a question. And they don't know what the questions oh, are. They okay. can't hear right. anything yep. but the right. sound of the frequency right. scanner. Right, right. So it's really eerie whenever they answer right away. Like yeah. you say, uh, is there anybody here? Yes. Like, How many spirits are here? Three. I mean, they don't even, they don't know what we're saying. It's too loud. I've done it many times. We crank it so that we can't hear and you have a blindfold. We also have flashlights in the room, and we say, if you are here with us right now, turn on that flashlight, and it'll turn it on, and it'll answer yes and no to the questions through the flashlight. So we have a lot of footage of that. Wow. And hmm. the thing that was really weird that I got, because I have some abilities, some intuitive abilities that just started happening this year. So before I went to the Lexington, I got the name Marguerite. It just popped in my head, Marguerite, and I saw her. Um, I think she lived upstairs in one of the apartments, um, and so I started the conversation, and I said, is Marguerite here? And the, my flashlight turned on and then turned Jesus off. And then Christ. I said, oh, hi, how are you? And then Jenny, the girl who was under, she was like, fine. 
And wow. then we ask her. Then she starts saying things. And this is where it gets really weird, and it involves Joe Souchere. <laughs> <laughs> So all of a sudden, we just kind of wait for whatever it's going to say. Yeah. She says, Disney? And I Disney. am going to Disney World this weekend. Tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. Tomorrow I'm going to Disney. Yeah. And you've That's, been obsessed with the planning for the last month yeah. or so. <laughs> and and it, Jenny doesn't know that. The girl under doesn't know any of this. And uh. then she goes, Cereal? And I go, yes, I did eat cereal tonight a couple hours ago because I don't want anything to affect my stomach, so I just ate cold cereal. If you eat weird things, your stomach sounds on a recorder like a demon. It'll, you know, like <laughs> your stomach's rumbling. That sounds so weird on a voice recorder. It sounds like, oh, <laughs> like really bad, scary we, stuff. Uh, on GL, it's called funny body noises. Yeah, and it, yeah exactly. It, it and the microphones scary. pick it up. Yeah, so yeah. So I want to eat something very mild. So she goes, Disney? And I go, yeah, I'm going to Disney. The flashlight lights up. Cere wow. Cereal. Like, the girl under, she doesn't understand why it's random words. And then she goes, joy. Joy. And I go, oh, yeah. I've been called joy before. Do you remember our first podcast out at the yeah. fair? Joe Souchere was mm -hmm. asked, what is her name? And he said, joy. And then, yeah, yeah, then yeah, I go yeah. upstairs, John, and along the wall to the bathroom are, I would say, 50 pic old-time pictures of, like, celebrities that have been there, the former politicians, owners, politicians, yeah, all yeah. of these photos. And out of all of them, when we were done with the session, I walked by and looked over at the wall, and what is hanging there but a picture of Joe Souchere. Oh, nice. Yikes. I mean, that's oh, weird, right? Yeah, that's weird. That's so weird. here's the deal. Um, you know what PTSD is, right? <laughs> yes. And it's not, it's not a joking manner, and I don't want to – I don't want to – Make it sound like I'm making fun of PTSD. I've got a bit of it myself from stupid childhood stuff. Yeah. Um, but you, and the reason I know you're suffering from it, because this morning you told us this entire story mm. off the air in the span of, I'd say, 90 seconds. It was during a commercial <laughs> yeah. break. And the whole time you told it, you were monotone without any emotion at all. <laughs> and the reason I know that's PTSD is because um, my, my first shrink, after I told my story, she started bawling and she quit. She left the room. The second time I, I told it was oh, to wow. a, a, a better that's guy. A lot and in. he goes, and he goes, I know that's a lot to take in. <laughs> um, the second, and the good therapist said, well, you're suffering from PTSD. And I said, no, I'm not. And he goes, no, and here's why you are. And he said, it's because you just delivered that awful, awful, horrible story <laughs> in a monotone voice with no emotion whatsoever and no tears. You lived an out-of-control life. Don McClain, <laughs> you are currently living an out-of-control life. So you the think that that experience on Saturday gave me PTSD? No, I think you've been suffering from this a long time, and you've come to the point where you crave 
this sort of thing. You are craving an out-of-control life, and you don't realize it's wrong. You have so many stories like this. And and you uh, recently alluded, listen to how serious my voice sounds. You sound sound like an analyst yourself right now. I think we should do this every week. You recently (laughs) uh, alluded to that you've picked up uh, kind of an extra, I don't know how to say, extra perception as of late where names and scenarios will pop into your head and you won't know what they mean until a couple of days later when you come in contact with a person that that name is associated with. Mm -hmm. Am I saying this correctly? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not something that I'd be able to, like, you know, become the Minnesota medium. I can't make it happen. It doesn't work like that. I'd I'd never be able to give people psychic readings because it's just so random. I... I will see someone and a story will play out for me and they'll say their name to me and then they'll just show me in pictures like I'm watching a movie and then I'll go to an investigation and I'll, we'll do a preliminary um, talk with a, a family and I'll say, do you know anybody that looks like this whose name is Bobby? And they're like, mm. yes, that's our Uncle Bobby and he did pass away. I'm like, well, he, that's, he's upstairs in your attic and you know and Don um, now if this were to happen to John or I or anybody else the proper reaction would be the same reaction we saw um, uh, Scooby-Doo and Shaggy <laughs> when they saw a ghost they would jump up in the air their legs would start spinning and then whoosh, they'd be gone but where are you going to run to it's in your head but that's the normal reaction the fact that you crave this it uh, means that there's some this is seriously disturbing behavior. Uh, okay. I can I okay. I actually can see your point. Because yeah. um you know, I also go to a therapist and I have been under extreme conditions before that yeah, you can't yeah. get yourself out of and in right. the moment it's like right. panic, 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 panic. Right. And that's right. PTSD. Later on you suffer yeah. from that and in other times whenever you shouldn't panic, you do panic. Right. Which is why exactly. I asked Joe whenever we did the podcast, he said he had panic attacks, and that interested yeah. me, uh, you know, um, yeah. because I get that. I, I have them too. Um, and so I see what you mean. Like, because of the trauma, it's just a way to feel. Yeah. And so it's like you're craving to f- because you kind of can shut off your emotions pretty quick. Like if I'm in a relationship and somebody does me wrong, I can cut that guy loose like that. Oh, Don. <laughs> I can shut I it am, off. Don, I am an expert at dropping people. Seriously. Dropping when I'm, people, uh, shutting yeah. off my emotions. Yep. Absolutely. When I'm done with somebody, I never talk to them ever again. Yeah. yeah. And it's really easy. It's really satisfying to tell them that, you, you like, this is it, yeah. you know? <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking anyway, of PT- let's talk about something more positive. Oh, speaking we, of PTSD. <laughs> yeah, no, I want to do this because it, it is a serious thing, and I hope you, you – I don't want people to think we're mocking it because it's no. really it's really a thing. And it reminds me of a Minnesota, actually Minnesota's newest car club called the Mid-Minnesota Motorheads. So if you grew up in the, like Don, in the backseat of your parents' GTO or like Jason <laughs> Matheson, the back of your mom's Firebird, I'm talking to you. If you love Jeep Wagoneers from the 70s, I want you to listen. Uh, oh, here's one. If you received a 1965 Impala for graduation in 1983 and then sold it in the 90s because you were too lazy to do a frame swap and your name is Kenny, <laughs> well, then you're just hmm. a 
dummy. But here's the deal. The mid-Minnesota motorheads, they celebrate all manner of cool vehicles, especially hot rods. And this is a club with a higher mission. Speaking of PTSD, they raise funds to support the Eagles Healing Nest based in Sauk Center. The Eagles Healing Nest helps veterans, service members, and their family who suffer from these invisible wounds of war. I want you to check out this uh, club, the Mid-Minnesota Motorheads on Facebook. Learn about their upcoming events and how you can help them. And look into joining. It's really cool. A great new car club that benefits veterans. It's called Mid-Minnesota Motorheads. You'll find them on Facebook. All right. We've got a few minutes yes. left, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Would you like yeah. to psychoanalyze me, Kenny? <laughs> uh, there's no. You know, you're at the age where you're, we're just going to let John be John. <laughs> although, really good although speaking of you being insane, um, oh God. I, I kind of recently um, stumbled into something that would have drove you crazy, and it kind of did me. There's a new car wash in Alexandria, and it's the kind that pulls you through. Sure. And they, they toss that foam on your windshield, yeah. and the next thing I know, I'm in this enclosed foam coffin, and it it was really, really freaky. Yeah, I, and, I can't I can't do that anymore. And it's new ever since your heart issues, right? Yeah, ever since I had the operation, oh. I can't, I have to, if I go through a car wash, I have to close my eyes, turn on the air conditioning full blast, and uh, turn the radio up as loud as I can get it. And then, of course, it always leaves the radio because you're in the car wash. Right. But yeah, I, I just, it drives me nuts now to even try that. I, I can't do it. I can't. Do I don't it. think there's any, there's no fixing that. That's just something you're no. going to have to, yeah. There are things now that give me the heebie-jeebies about being stuck somewhere, oh. which never, 10 years ago, could have cared less. Wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. have driven me crazy at all. I had no thoughts about it. Uh, even I, my wife and I, about two years ago, drove the, uh, or rode the train down to the Twins game, and it was mm-hmm. packed. It was when they were in, a, uh, in the pennant race. Right. I had, I was in the middle of the car. Oh. I left her standing there and rushed so I could stand by the door. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't even tell her. I just rushed up there. And lucky there was a big guy from Coon Rapids who said, huh, having a little trouble, are you? <laughs> and I said, yes, thank you for noticing. Oh, he goes, well, God. here, let me, let me make some room. And he was big, and he kind of yeah. you know, cleared the way so I could stand there. I don't think there's anything you could really – is there something you could – what if you had to no. do an emergency flight? What if you had to get on an airplane? I would have to be heavily sedated. Oh, yeah. heavily really? Sedated. You can't fly? I used to love flying. Mm. I, it was one of, I, a pleasure for me to fly. Yeah. Now the thought of being in a little tube of metal <laughs> with those people cannot with those do it. People, yeah. Well, well yeah. any people doesn't matter. Yeah. I, you know, I just yeah. I can't do it. I cannot yeah. do it. Uh, should we do some news stories? We did uh, yeah. the beaver and the otter. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Somebody beaver got and the something. Otter. I have something. <laughs> Uh, these are this is a real these are fun. It's just badass comebacks of all time. Oh, so good. it's just like the comments that it could be old timey like uh, Alexander Hamilton or somebody from modern times. So uh, here's a badass comeback of all time. Joe hold on, hold on. I need something because I get I get slapped up uh, verbally slapped up by Sushere all the time. <laughs> so I'm going to write some of these down. Go okay. ahead, Don. Joe Pine interviewing Frank Zappa. Okay, yeah. Joe says, I guess your long hair makes you a woman. Zappa says, I guess your wooden leg makes you a table. (laughs) 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 Oh, Oh, gosh. Oh, boy. 
Okay. Um, awesome. Here's one from Winston Churchill. Um, Lady Nancy Astor, Winston, said, yes. said Winston, yes. if you were my husband, I'd poison your tea. Churchill said, Nancy, if I were your husband, I'd drink it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, how about this one? During World War I Switzerland, they had a tiny standing army, but they were very skilled marksmen. And Wilhelm II of Germany asked what 250,000 Swiss troops would do if he decided to invade with 500,000 German troops. And the Swiss said, shoot twice and go home. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, and then uh, the late, great Stephen Hawking had a great comeback to John Oliver once. Um, John Oliver was interviewing him for an HBO uh, series. Yeah. John said, and so there may be a universe where I'm more intelligent than you. Hawking says, there may even be a universe where you are funny. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, yeah. I agree with Hawking on that one. Oh, uh, we we lost him, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, this is for bald guys out there. Um, okay. This is just a random guy. A guy makes fun of his bald friend by rubbing his head and saying, wow, your head is as smooth as my wife's bottom. And the friend also rubs his head and says, wow, you're right. <laughs> oh boy you want any John, more john did you do any show prep i, I did i got a few i before we go though uh before we move on uh, that reminded me of one of my uh, great pleasures in life and i still have a couple of the paperbacks you guys remember mad magazine right yes oh, of course it. yes they, yeah, yeah. once a year or so they'd have a, a three-page thing it was mad snappy answers to stupid questions yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and they were funny. It's how they have somebody asking a question and then three answers that you could give that would make that person look foolish. So, oh, that's great. I, we got to look some of those up. Oh, I got I got two paperbacks right over oh, here. Oh, you do. <laughs> thing I can yeah, I can always out whatever. It's always the sign of a true comedian when somebody in the audience starts barking, and they can shut them up with something really cutting, yeah. mean, oh, yeah. and funny. And that's when yeah. you know the person on stage is a true pro because yeah. they're just storing that nonsense in their brain and yeah. always ready to go. Yeah, yeah. And there's comedians you see doing that who you know it doesn't quite fit. But then there's other comedians who you immediately know, boom, wow, yeah. that was that was brilliant. Just yeah. <laughs> it almost, it, sometimes it makes me wonder, is, is that guy in the audience a plant? Because that was just too perfect. Uh, that was just right. too awesome, you know? Yeah. yeah. There was one of them on the list here, I remember. I didn't put it on the list, but it was some, it, the reason why I didn't put it on there is because they didn't list the comedian. But uh, I wanted to give them credit. But uh, a comedian said something about um, the last time I had sex, and some lady in the audience said, you mean last night? And he said, oh, good, you remember. (laughs) 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 That was good. good, Uh, I wish I knew who said it, though. That's fantastic. Rich, uh, Richard Pryor had some of the best of those, but we can't repeat most of them. Yeah, here, that's true. So oh, that can't boy. be done. Uh, I have an animal story I can pass along. Oh, I good. I yeah. think since we covered meaner animals earlier in yeah. the yeah. show. Yeah, oh, nice uh, animals. This is a dog, a lost dog in Great Britain, reunited with his owner, 
After climbing aboard a city bus alone, passengers soon realizing the canine was riding solo on the bus. Passengers aboard a Plymouth City bus said the dog followed a human passenger onto the vehicle, and everybody assumed that that human was the dog's master. That human was not the dog's master. Uh, The dog took a seat. Concerned riders posted pictures of the dog to social media in the hopes of finding the owner. Eventually, they did find it through Plymouth Pets Lost and Found, a group that uh, is on Facebook. They uh, reunited the dog, and uh, passengers noticed uh, after that he hadn't brought his human with him, according to the post, said we get some odd things and lost property, but today was a particularly odd tale. And part of this is a visual thing because you see the picture of the dog sitting very politely. Oh, sweet. Right. Sitting there looking like, oh, I wonder if my guy's going to show up here. Oh, maybe he takes bus rides with his, uh, <laughs> or train rides with his owner and just thought, well, yeah. maybe he's on here. So, <laughs> have you guys heard the story of Daisy, the dog that rescued hundreds of 9-11 survivors? I was recently, unfortunately, duped by this story, and it's the coolest dog story ever where this dog uh, owned by a blind guy, um, the, the plane hit, the dog disappeared, the dog came back, got the owner, uh, brought the owner and a bunch of people to safety, then went back into the building, brought a bunch of more people down. And it's such a good story that it almost makes you uh, cry. And then I found out a week later, it's all fake. Completely no, it's not fake. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do but people do that? Why do I don't they make know. up stuff like that? I don't like get that? it. But the whole time I'm reading it, I'm going, wow, this camp, this is this is amazing. Uh, how come this dog isn't a, a, a you know a national <laughs> hero? How come yeah. there's not a statues for this Why dog around the, dog the country? Why is the dog on a coin? Right, right. Yeah, on a coin, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and then as it turns out, it's all just made up. It was a real heartbreaker. But uh, I was oh, completely man. duped by this on Twitter uh, about a week or two ago. Yeah, just nothing better than dogs, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't have one. I, I wish I'd had time. But at least John. I know I don't have time. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, John has a dog, uh, Larry. Larry. Larry is a pug, right? Larry's a pug. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And where is he? He's oh. uh, upstairs sleeping. <laughs> we can't let him down here. Why? <laughs> we, we, I, I had him down here on Garage Logic recording several times. Yeah. And all of a sudden. He starts snoring really, really loud. Oh, yeah. He snores all night long, or if you, you know, take a nap with him, the yeah. entire nap is him snoring very loudly. Mm-hmm. I babysit a certain French bulldog that does that, too. Yep. Yeah, Jason, Jason and uh, Colin's dogs. Oh, my uh, God. And Dawn made a really funny video last time she did it of uh, which which dog was pulling you around downtown. I had, I had them both. <laughs> I had yeah. them both on leashes, and it's insane what they do. It's like, um, first of all, I don't have dogs that, I, the only dogs that I had as a kid or, you know, they weren't ever on leashes. It's just country dogs, you know? Right, and, right. I've told stories about them. Right. But, um, no, so these dogs, they go crazy. First of all, one of them, the boxer, he is, mm. uh, I call him um, the mob boss and the enforcer whenever they go for a walk. The mob boss is Mr. Big, who is the French bulldog. 
He is pulling so hard, and he doesn't care who's around. He is going forward. Dexter, the boxer, is bigger, but he is making sure that nobody's going to attack Mr. Big, and so he's the mob boss's enforcer. He's looking down every alley, and he goes down the alley. So I did create a, a montage. I edited down a video. You can see it on my Instagram, Dawn at Dark, of me walking the dogs. Oh, no. They're walking you. They're walking me, and they're pulling, and I'm, I mean... My boyfriend John. even got on the other side of the street and did some footage of, of it. Her arm is fully extended. Her torso and shoulders are leading her feet by two by two feet. Her feet are way back there trying to keep up. And these dogs are literally pulling her around outside Minneapolis. Uh, Dexter, the the one who's very nervous, he just I'm he just I apologize if you watch the video. I didn't edit it out, but he just had to squat real quick and. Let go what he had inside. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're pooping right here. You know, and Mr. Big's still trying to go. Oh, boy, it's a mess. And, you know, what's so funny is that it's made to be funny. And people can't take jokes anymore. Everything's so serious. Obviously, I know how to... I know how to retract yeah. the leashes and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you leash, get comments right. where people are like, you need to get this kind of leash. I'm like, ah, yeah. whatever. John, does this sound familiar? Oh, <laughs> man, more than that. John, virtually every word we say on GL is analyzed well, and corrected. Yeah, yeah that's dumb. Uh, speaking of GL and my talk, I want you all to get on the list right now. If you've got a construction project, uh, these guys are the best. I'm talking about Aim High Construction, MN.com. They can tackle just about any type of job that needs doing from, you know, roofing, siding, decking, remodels, restoration, brand new construction, ground up, Aim High Construction. They can help you with that, and they can help you with design consultation. If you're thinking about a new kitchen but no, don't know which direction to go or finishing off a basement, they're a full-service construction company obsessed with quality craftsmanship, honest service, uh, working both in Minnesota and Wisconsin. They're working product, fully guaranteed. Uh, and since hooking up, this is what happens when you're a client of GL. You hook up with GL, and your calendar fills right up. Uh, so they're now booking jobs for months down the road. But as a customer of Aim High, I can tell you the wait definitely worth it. Excellent top-notch service. So uh, if you find yourself in need, Aim High Construction, that's your option. You can find them at aimhighconstructionmn.com. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. We're out of time Yeah. Here. I just want to thank aimhighconstructionmn.com and Mid Mid. Mid Minnesota Motorsports. Thank you. Thanks for listening to news from the Krabby Coffee Shop. New episodes drop every week wherever you get your podcasts.